upfront disclaimer, this podcast will not attempt in any way, shape, or form to make an excuse for the Penguins' early elimination from the East Stanley Cup playoffs, but it will be about officiating. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. The Penguins did not lose to the Islanders because the refs jobbed them. The Penguins did not lose to the Islanders because the refs aren't generally very good at their jobs and don't call enough. Hooking, holding, high-sticking, tripping really became a thing in these playoffs. But none of those was why Pittsburgh was eliminated. The reason that Pittsburgh was eliminated repeat after me, was that Tristan Jari couldn't make any saves. So now that I have that out of the way, the NHL's officiating is, in fact, terrible. When I say officiating, I'm not just referring to the men on the ice. Officiating is always, and should be, a collective process that works from the top down. Any sport, any league. You've got to have a common understanding of what kind of product you'd like to put forth. You've got to have a common understanding of what constitutes safety and respect for the participants. And you've got to have a common understanding of how those things should be adjudicated, not just at ice level, but also in terms of supplemental discipline. And the NHL whiffs on every last count. Every last count. So while it would be easy to look at these playoffs and say, Why did the league, presumably from the league office, make it okay to go back to the days where playoff games were just basically free-for-alls, even when it comes to minor penalties, even when it comes to black and white minor penalties, like tripping? Have you ever seen this much uncalled tripping? It is maybe the easiest rule in the book to enforce. You're using a part of your body to take somebody's legs out. You know, you could probably pull in someone off the street who'd never seen a hockey game before to be able to discern what's tripping. So somewhere along the line, either the league decided it was going to quote, just let the boys play, end quote, or more likely just didn't really do anything to enforce existing standards. That's what happens when you lack leadership. That's what happens. 
people just get kind of lax or lazy. Never mind that not calling minor penalties leads most often to uglier things on the rink because players will always, 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 always take what you give them. And so will coaches. And the coaches will coach up their players to stretch everything to its limits, not just their players' effort level, but also to what degree they can bend the rules. You're looking for every little edge you can acquire. So if you go through the first five minutes of a first period and you see that the refs let a tripping go or has let a holding go or a hooking go, you might think, oh, yeah, they're just going to let us play and everybody's just kind of getting a little bit wind up about that. And yeah, this is going to be our kind of game because both teams are always going to think that. And then it turns into, you know, a lot of what we've seen. I'd love to say something like, they need to get rid of all these refs and hire better refs, train them better. But that's not the answer here. I'd love to say stuff like, uh, there should be a merit system. Well, there actually is one. You know, they grade their own officials. And the ones who grade the best are the ones who keep going through the playoffs. And has anybody else not noticed any significant improvement in the officiating as the playoffs have gone along? No, me neither. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. Monthly cost of cables over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T, Sportsnet, Pittsburgh. Right now, our listeners of this show get a free seven-day trial and 15% off your first month by going to FuboTV.com slash DK. I'm going to give that to you one more time. FuboTV.com slash DK to get 15% off your first month. We have it. It's actually really cool. FuboTV. The officiating's not getting any better, and that's not going to change. That's not going to change because the way hockey works is that the template gets set in the first two, three games of the first round. And that's just how it's going to be because now they're afraid of being inconsistent, or now they're even more afraid, if I put that more accurately, that if all kinds of penalties start getting called, penalties that should have been called from the outset, they'll make it look like they're backing off of public criticism, and there's nothing these people hate more than that, these people running the NHL. Not the public criticism, but the idea that they'd be acquiescing to that public criticism. That's what, what burns them up. So what you're seeing is, is, is going to stick, and it's unfortunate. What needs to change? You know... I could give you some 50-point analysis here on that. But what really needs to change is the commissioner. Gary Bettman's been in place for a long, long time. He's achieved something that nobody thought was achievable in bringing in a salary cap. That 
likely saved hockey in Pittsburgh, in other markets, and in almost every city in Canada that currently has it, other than Toronto, Montreal, and maybe Vancouver. But that doesn't make him a good commissioner. The commissioner is more responsible than anybody for that very first thing that I mentioned at the top of this show. And that's that vision of what do you want the game to be. This is a league that treats fourth liners the same as first liners. This is a league that treats its slugs the same as it does its stars. This is a league that can't gain any traction in the mainstream realm of professional sports in large part because of this thing. Because Connor McDavid can walk right down Broadway and not get recognized. And that's, you know, where do you change that? What, what lower level, what lower tier changes that? This is a league that finds excuses relentlessly for a scumbag like Tom Wilson that lets Ryan Reeves off with a two-game suspension in the playoffs after he pulled out a significant clump of a dude's hair while he was holding his head down with his full body weight using his knee. Two games. This is a league that's got no clue as to who it wants to reward or punish for what kind of behavior because it doesn't have a vision. Don't get me started on Mark Shifley getting four games. You can say what you want about Shifley's hit. Fact of the matter is, if one of those goon guys delivers that same hit, he's getting a fine or a couple of games. Why? Because Bettman employs a goon, George Peros, in his Department of Player Safety offices. Shifley, a highly skilled player with absolutely no track record, goes flying down the rink to try to keep Winnipeg from losing a game by giving up a near certain empty net goal. He trucks the guy. It's dangerous. It's suspendable. Four games is fine so long as you're doing at least the same to your repeat offenders. This league's system, top to bottom of officiating, is a complete joke. It's not about the referees on the ice. It's not about just George Peros. It's not about having a dinosaur like Colin Campbell still hanging around the NHL offices like Milton in the basement at Inatech, where he never actually goes away. And no one even remembers who hired him or whether or not he was fired. Colin Campbell just never leaves. Until that changes, and I mean at the very, very top, this sport's just going to keep going exactly as it is. The people who love it will love it unconditionally. The 
people who don't know about it or don't care about it will continue exactly both of those practices. When we come back, just one question. for just one question and that's brought to you always on this program by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank where they are committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They in turn need your help. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how one dollar is all it takes for the food bank to produce five full meals for those in need. One more time it's pittsburghfoodbank.org Org. Question comes from Richard Kelson, who asks, do you place any importance on the fact that the highest paid NHL players other than goaltenders are out of the playoffs? Well, I'm going to explain your reference there, Richard. Out of the NHL's top 19 highest paid players, the only one still participating, and this was true entering the second round, is Carey Price of the Canadians. That's it. Everybody else been wiped out. Now, are your best players always the ones who are the highest paid? No, but the list of names is really, really, really impressive. And in contrast, it's really, really depressing that none of them are in. Are there still great players participating? Sure. You know, are there still great teams? Yes, I could make a solid argument that the three best teams that entered this tournament are still playing. And that means Tampa, Colorado, and Vegas. So it's not as if, you know, all of the great whatever have been thrown out or whatever. But there is something to be said for the fact that some of the individual stars are out. And so that I can try to remove, you know, any Pittsburgh components of this, because no matter how I phrase it, it's going to sound like it comes with some bias. Edmonton is a case that maybe should jump out more than it does. Yeah, we all assume that the Oilers you know, stink at everything and that even when they're handed generational talent after generational talent that they'll somehow find a way to to screw it up and, and the Oilers really have in a lot of different ways uh, mostly because they've not recognized at all the McDavid window along with Leon Dreisaitl in the fact that they still hold on to all their draft picks. Like, they need Jim Rutherford in the worst way. They need someone to just walk into that situation and say, I do not care about draft picks. I do not care about prospects. I'm getting rid of everybody so that these two guys can win. But they don't. So that's on Edmonton. But at the same time, don't tell me that if this sport weren't structured differently, if the stars, if the two highest scorers in the league in McDavid and Dreisaitl 
weren't playing a different game that was even more open, that was even more friendly to stars, that rewarded skill and speed and tenacity and all that other stuff that those types of players bring to the equation. Never mind entertainment level and never mind, you know, uh, fans enjoying more of what they're watching. If that were to be the case, you know... I don't know. Edmonton's not a great example because they are they are Edmonton. But there are other superlative players who in a different setting be a lot more visible. And by that I mean, you know, a lot more of them would still be playing. For how much longer, I don't know. I don't know. But I also don't I, I don't want to take that concept too far because you know again the teams that are still in this it's really 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 tough to argue against any of them except the canadians who came out of what was obviously a garbage division appreciate the question richard i appreciate everybody listening to daily shot of penguins we'll do another one tomorrow.